Welcome to China in Context. I'm Duncan Bartlett. Most people around the world form their views about China based on reports in the foreign press. This provides a completely different perspective on the country to the state-controlled media in China, which is relentlessly upbeat about the Communist Party. The recent 20th Party Congress in Beijing provided a useful study in contrast. The international press emphasized Xi Jinping's consolidation of power, his apparent clash with former leader Hu Jintao, and protests against the Communist Party in Manchester and on a bridge in Beijing. However, loyal newspapers such as China Daily said Congress pushed forward Xi Jinping's dream of national rejuvenation. So is the foreign press misunderstanding China and its culture? Or does distance lend perspective? Today on the podcast, we're going to be discussing these matters with a real expert, Howard Zhang, editor of the BBC's Chinese service. Howard, welcome back to China in Context. Thank you, Duncan. Now, may I start by reading a couple of newspaper headlines? This one's from the Sun newspaper in the UK. China and US face worst war in modern history as newly crowned Xi Jinping guaranteed to attack Taiwan. And from the other side of the world, a piece from the Global Times. China to march towards modernization as Congress gives a much needed shot in the arm to the floundering global economy. Can you explain to our listeners why the narrative is so different? It's interesting because the two words you used in your uh, lead up to this perspective and narrative are exactly at the core of our conversation. Because from the Chinese side, unlike from the international side, okay, I have no comment, first of all, for the Sun newspaper's headline. It's perhaps a tad sensationalistic, but leave that aside, whether the war is imminent and, and the US and China will destroy the world, we'll leave it to the listeners. But in terms of perspective, in the West, you're completely correct. People's focus all on this breaking of the tradition of two-term limits, uh, uh, you know, Xi Jinping concentrating power. People are thinking still from the Western perspective, from looking through the Western prism of rule of law, of uh, uh, you know, a legal-based society and of democratic society. But that type of concepts, if you go into China and read the Chinese media, it's not something they agree with. They think the current democratic system in the West has essentially gone bankrupt, especially since 2008. And they, do no, long, they no longer see it as a uh, valid or even a functioning system anymore. The internal narrative is that the current Chinese system, one leader, one party, and a very efficient party at organizing all the forces within the society to drive towards one goal is a lot better system. Hence, they don't see this, so what? Now we got a perfect leader to lead this country forward. Why should we apologize for it? They don't see that argument. Meanwhile, all the domestic media is about how she and his team will lead China to better places. Well, let's move on to another topic which was raised by the press, and that was the state of the Chinese economy. China delayed some information showing a sharp slowdown, actually, in the rate of economic growth 
until after the Congress, that looked a bit like news management to me. Even the Chinese outgoing Prime Minister Li Keqiang, and uh, for himself, he never really believed any of the state statistics. He famously used his own measurement uh, using electricity output and uh, the train and sea freight uh, you know, volumes to determine economic activity. He does not believe that the Chinese government's own statistics being the prime minister. Well, that's interesting. I've heard from other economists that they try to work out the state of uh, China's economy by looking at images from satellites as to how many lights are on at night. I've sometimes wondered whether Chinese people might raise those lanterns that they sometimes do at festivals to try to make it look as though the economy is uh, rather more lively than it actually is. <laughs> Let's talk about a moment of drama at the Congress. Uh, the nation's former leader, Hu Jintao, was ushered out of the Great Hall of the People after what appeared to be some sort of confrontation with his successor, Xi Jinping. Images of the expulsion were broadcast live on the Chinese television official feed, but they weren't shown again in subsequent bulletins. Now, fortunately, the BBC captured the moment and that allowed viewers outside China to see what happened. Actually, the BBC asked me into uh, the studios of BBC World at the weekend to uh, get my perspective. I'm sure they would have asked you, Howard, uh, but you were in Taipei. Uh, what do you think was going on when Hu Jintao was led away from the Great Hall of the People? Personally, the immediate reaction when I saw the first Twitter uh, image of uh, this clip was that a flashback to, I think it was 1986, when Saddam held his first uh, Ba'ath party meeting in the center of Baghdad, when he started to announce this list, list of um, traitors' names, and one by one, they were marched out of the, uh, the Great Hall of you know, the, the Iraqi Meeting Congress, and uh, everybody else sat there stone-faced, not even daring to look as to the side. And then it was a few years back when Kim Jong-un of North Korea marched his own uncle out of their great meeting hall also everybody else sat quietly, silently, without even moving their head. So the exact same image, almost repeating in my head, when I saw the moment when the former commander-in-chief and uh, state president and general secretary of the party was basically ushered out by two security guards, all the officials, besides the two Xi Jinping kind of confidant, had no expression, and they did not even turn their head to look. And Hu Jintao tried to say something to Xi Jinping on the way out. And Xi Jinping just, you know, without any much emotion, just said one or two words. It was a moment, I guess, normally will happen in Hollywood dramas, but now it's happening in front of the world. Well, that's fascinating. And I noticed how good CNN's coverage was, actually, with uh, very good um, clips on their website, as well as a detailed analysis very quickly. But how did the Chinese state media cover the incident? Did they just pretend it didn't happen? That's exactly what they did. You cannot find a single picture or uh, footage or clip of anything on any Chinese state uh, media website. Only Xinhua News Agency had a short Twitter feed claiming that who was, uh, had some type of condition and needed medical attention. That's why he was helped out. The BBC presenter Tim Wilcox asked me whether I thought it was a purge. 
I didn't really know how to answer that question. Do you think it was well, a purge? The purge never stopped. The reason why Xi Jinping can not only break with all the tradition set up by Deng Xiaoping is because he's purged all the potential opposition within the party. The history always repeats itself, whether you're talking about Saddam in Iraq or Gaddafi in Libya, or just or Stalin back in the times or Mao or Hitler or Mussolini. They have to, to become an absolute ruler. You need to be able to sweep aside all opposition. And he's done that over the past decade in power under especially the banner of anti-corruption. And uh, he's established the equivalent of a, a secret police that on top of all existing laws in China, uh, using what they call the disciplinary the inner party disciplinary procedures to uh, investigate anyone, any organization without going through the legal procedures. So he's using that and he, he will continue likely to use that to maintain his rule on the top. Now, the foreign press were also taking note of events outside the Great Hall of the People. That's the place where the Congress was being held. In particular, they noticed that someone unfurled a banner on a bridge in Beijing, which read, Go on strike at school and work. Remove dictator and national traitor Xi Jinping. We want to eat. We want freedom. We want to vote. Now, that incident was widely reported on social media. Your colleague, Tessa Wong, wrote on the BBC's website that that bridge protest marred Xi Jinping's big moment. What's your view? Uh, only, again, internationally. I guess, uh, you know, I've asked quite a number of people inside China and uh, none of them really have even heard of this incident. Only when I showed them the clip from international social media, uh, China runs a giant intranet of sort and uh, the Great Firewall stops most of the uh, international social media, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, you name it, they don't have it. Only the selected few who bothers to use VPN to scale the firewall, may be able to have a glimpse into whatever happened. So most people don't really know, and uh, but some did, but the majority don't, don't have a clue. I want to talk about an event in Manchester in the UK. There was a scuffle outside the Chinese consulate there, and the consulate general was asked by Sky News about a video which appears to show him grab a protester by the hair. And the Chinese official replied, the man abused my country and my leader, I think it's my duty. What did you make of that event in Manchester? Again, that's a major image flashback. Back in the 60s, during the Cultural Revolution, there was an episode where the Chinese Red Guards, the Maoist Red Guards, stormed British consulate and burned it down. And uh, a famous incident in the history of Chinese diplomacy. And again, this is... I would say almost a similar incident where to struggle to fight and uh, it, it's encouraged by the state propaganda and by the new thoughts of Xi Jinping. And if you listen to what Xi Jinping was saying in the 20th Congress, he's encouraging all the Communist Party members to dare to fight and dare to win. These are the key words. So he's encouraging people to actually take a more antagonistic attitude towards outside. Do not just let them bully you. You can fight back. And the consulate general in Manchester, in our eyes, in the 
world media's eyes, maybe doing something very undiplomatic, but in the eyes of his bosses in Beijing, he's doing exactly the job he's ordered to do. I want to ask another question about Manchester, if I may. I think it's worth saying what the protesters were trying to do. They created a poster which they were trying to put on a wall near the consulate, and it showed Xi Jinping half naked, wearing a crown, and in his arms he held the island of Taiwan, a bloodied Ukraine, and a bleeding Hong Kong. He was looking into a mirror which showed him clothed in robes and holding the scales of justice. What message do you think that sends? If you talk to even Chinese intellectuals, many of them, even within China proper, they can only dare to say in private, uh, anonymously, of course, but they do understand what Xi Jinping is doing is pulling China back into the old age of Mao and uh, the type of one leader, one party, uh, more close to the outside, but you know, in, in order to preserve his personal authority as well as party that shaped in his own image. And they do not think it's good for the country. So many do describe him as becoming a new emperor, hence the image. He's actually naked in the world's eyes, but for himself, he thinks he's doing all the right things, taking on the US-led post-World War II order and uh, taking on what he perceives as unjust world order, ruining all the good things that there is in the region and in the world. Overall, I'd have to say that the coverage of the Congress by the international press was very negative. Does China care? I cannot say they don't care at all, but the caring is getting less and less. Compared to, I would say, a couple of decades ago, the presidency of Jiang Zemin or later on Hu Jintao, there was more of an engagement attitude. Now the key is Xi Jinping has said it openly. China has entered a new era, and that new era for most is shifting away from the Deng Xiaoping's reform and opening up period and back to more of a North Korea-like closed economy and closed society for the preservation of the one-party rule. Well, thank you, Howard, for explaining the media's approach to China. I found your answers very revealing and a little chilling at times. That was Howard Zhang, editor of the BBC's Chinese service. This podcast is produced by the SOAS China Institute, and you can find out more about our courses and research at soas.ac.uk. But for now, that's all from us here on the China in Context podcast team.